Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Total victory because of what Jesus has done for us. Total victory because Jesus came, went to the cross, he was crucified, buried, resurrected, ascended to the right hand of the Father, shed his blood, and has given us his name, and has given us his life, and has given us great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of his divine nature. Amen? Because of what Jesus has done, there is total victory that is available to each and every one of us. Now what Jesus has done is what we call the sacrifice of Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, reading from verse 10. It says, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Through the offering of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are made holy, consecrated, sanctified, set apart. Verse 11, And every priest standeth daily ministering and off, an offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. It can never get to the root of the problem. But you see, for this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested. Jesus came to get to the very root cause of every problem in the realm of humanity. For this purpose, he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Amen? This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting his enemies to be made his footstool. He sat down at the right hand of the Father because he had, he had accomplished what he came for. When he said it's finished, it is finished. He had accomplished what he came for, so he sat down. And he was so, he was so confident in what he had accomplished that he was henceforth expecting all his enemies till his enemies be made his footstool. In another place in Hebrews 1 verse 13, God the Father said, sit here until I make your enemies your footstool. So Jesus and the Father have total confidence in what Jesus did in his sacrifice. It goes on to say, from, from verse 30, from henceforth expect until his enemies be made his footstool, because by that one offering, by that one sacrifice, he has perfected forever. He has perfected perfectly and eternally forever them that are sanctified. That's those of us that have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been so perfected by the sacrifice of Christ that by definition there is no room for improvement in that which is perfect. Amen? You are as perfect in your spirit as a result of accepting Jesus as Savior and Lord. You are as perfect now as you will ever be. You are as perfect as you will be for all eternity. You have been perfected forever. But because, 
because he knows what he has done. He knows the treasures he's placed in these earthen vessels. He knows how he has perfected us forever. He therefore has every confidence that his enemies will be made his footstool, not only because of what he did in defeating the enemy, but because of what he has done with us to be able to enforce what he has done. So his enemies shall be made his footstool. So what we're talking about today is the sacrifice of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 20, 26, it says, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world had he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Now, in, in, in I would say 90% of the scriptures that are speaking about the sacrifice of Christ will not always use the phrase, the sacrifice of Christ. For example, how many of you know John 3.16? For God so loved the world that what? He gave. he gave. That's the sacrifice of Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him might have what? Eternal life. Amen? So let's, let's dig into this a bit here today. Now, um, again, as, you be, as we're looking for the sacrifice of Christ, what are we talking about? We're talking about what Jesus has done. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, for instance, says, Thanks be to God. Thanks be unto God, which what? Always, say always. Always causes us to triumph. That means always causes us to be what? Victorious. Always makes us totally victorious. Thanks be to God which always causes us to triumph. How? Through Christ. Amen? What do you mean through Christ? It means by virtue of what Jesus has done. Well, what has Jesus done? His sacrifice. In other words then, thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph because of the sacrifice of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 57 says, this is the victory, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57 says, that God has given us the victory, let me, let me quote that correctly, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 57, thanks be to God which give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who give us the victory, how? Through the Lord Jesus Christ, by virtue of his sacrifice. So there is total victory because of the sacrifice of Christ. So here is victory because of the sacrifice of Christ. But it also says in 1 John 5, 4, Whosoever, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. But this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is the victory, our faith. This is the victory, our faith. Well, we just read in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, that the victory is through the sacrifice. So when you put that all together, one of the things that we will see this as we go through the day, is that faith in and of itself, which gives us the victory, the sacrifice, which gives us the victory, put those two together, and you will see, when you mix faith with the sacrifice, you've got victory, total victory. And faith, in fact, is having confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. Say confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. Confidence All right, I just want to kind of 
put a few thoughts out there. So there is total victory because of the sacrifice. And when we have faith in that sacrifice, when we have faith in what he has done, it will cause the victory to be made manifest. Amen? Now, again, it says in Galatians chapter Galatians chapter 5. Yeah, let's, let's look over there, there for a moment. Galatians chapter 6. Praise the Lord. Galatians chapter 6. Now, Galatians chapter 6 verse 14. God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. I must not boast in anything else except in the cross. Now again, um, one of the things that you, you need to train yourself to do is to learn to see the sacrifice of Christ. It's to recognize it when it's there. Because when you recognize um, the sacrifice of Christ and then you understand what the sacrifice entails, then you can take whatever the sacrifice entails and plug it back into that verse. What do I mean by that? For instance, um, the sacrifice of Christ basically has eight distinct aspects. Jesus was crucified, he was buried, he resurrected, he shed his blood, all right? he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he's given us his name, we now have his life, and we also have great and precious promises, the utterances of God. Amen? So when you understand that those are the aspects of the sacrifice of Christ, and you see a verse, for instance, that says, um, um, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, my only boast is in the sacrifice of Christ, it would mean then that my boast is in what? It is in the crucifixion, in his resurrection, his, his burial, his ascension, his blood, his name, his life, and his promises to me. Are you with me? So later on, when we, when we see, for instance, um, uh, when we see that this is the victory that overcomes confidence in the sacrifice, then we recognize that it is my confidence in crucifixion. My confidence in burial, resurrection, ascension, blood, etc., etc. And then there are various aspects in our lives where the blood is more applicable than, 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 than even the promises. There are, there are situations and places and needs in our lives where the reality of crucifixion is what's, most, is what's more applicable than, 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 um, than, the, than the name of Jesus. For instance, let's take offense. How many of you have ever been offended? Right? Now you can bind all your offense with the name of Jesus. I rebuke, I'm, I re, I rebuke being offended. But the answer is not there. Right? You're rebuking and binding and ain't going to help much. But if you recognize that you've been crucified and you start applying crucifixion, the Bible says that the preaching of the cross is the power of God. The preaching of it, the declaration of it. When you proclaim... I'm crucified with Christ. There's a power that is going to be released to put a stop to that spirit of offense. You follow me? So when we understand the various dimensions of the sacrifice of Christ, and then we begin to recognize the sacrifice of Christ in the scripture, even when it is subtle, we can begin to see it, then we could plug our comprehension of the sacrifice into that verse, and then we can see deeper into that particular whatever's coming out of that verse. God wants us to know the length, the breadth, and the depth, and the height. God wants us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Him. God wants us to come to the unity of the faith and come into the full measure of the stature of Christ. 
God wants us to manifest the very life and nature of Christ. God wants us to be skillful in, in, in the word of righteousness, which means skillful in operating in this oneness that we have with him. Because it's no longer you, but it's Christ that lived in you. The life that you now live, it's his life, and you live it by the faith of the Son of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So I just want to throw that in there. So here in Galatians chapter 6 verse 14 it says, God forbid that I should glory except in the cross, except in the sacrifice of Christ. Of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified to me. And I unto the world. Because you see, in Christ Jesus, it's not circumcision that availeth anything. Nor is it uncircumcision. But it's the new creation. It is the new creation that's where the power is. That's what works. That's what produces. It's a new creation. It's not whether you're circumcised or not circumcised or this religious activity or that religious activity. It is the new creation. Now hold that thought. Now in Galatians, in Galatians 5 verse 6 it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth nor uncircumcision but a new creation. Neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Sorry. So faith which worketh by love, that's what availeth. Faith is what availeth. Faith is what makes much power available. Remember how in James chapter 5 it says, the, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, what? Availeth much. It makes much power available that is dynamic and it's working. Amen? So it says, and that's the prayer of the righteous man. Let's just connect a few things right here, just, just right now. All of whether we're talking about a righteous man, whether we're talking about faith, or whether we're talking about a new creation, all of it comes out of the sacrifice of Christ. For instance, the new creation, who are you? Well, according to um, Hebrews 10 verse 14 that we looked at a little while ago, by one offering, he has what? Perfected forever they that are sanctified. So who you are, that new creation that you are, all things passed away, all, th all things have become new, all things are of God. This new creation that you are, after the image of him that created him, that new creation comes ex directly out of the sacrifice of Christ. Amen? And it says that new creation is what availeth. Faith. But what is faith? Faith is confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. So, faith availeth. Faith that worketh by love. Amen? And in fact, even if you think about the love of God, the Bible says, no greater love is any man than this, but he what? Is that a sacrifice? Amen. Amen. So this new creation that comes out of the sacrifice, you mix faith with a new creation. What's in the new creation? Here comes power. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. But who's the righteous man? The righteous man is that man that is operating in oneness with God. Amen. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Jesus was made to be sin for us that you might be made what? The righteousness of God in Christ. So that you might be one with him. He is the head. We are the body. He is the vine. We are the branches. The same life in the vine is flowing in the branch. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But now where does this righteousness come from? Well, yes, he was made sin and we made the righteousness of God. But it comes directly from the sacrifice. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? 
It is the power of God unto salvation. To who? To everyone that believes. Why? Because therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Are you with me? So why is the gospel the power of God? Why is this good news the power of God? To them that believe it. To them that will mix faith with it. Why is it the power of God? Because in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. Amen? Hallelujah. So, so no wonder the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. In it, the righteousness of God is revealed. Now, while I'm there, I might as well throw this in there as well. Because you need to have these thoughts in your thinking so that when you study, especially in the new covenant, you can start seeing the sacrifice. And then you can start plugging your comprehension into it. And then you're going to start coming out with some marvelous things. Then you're going to start coming out with answers that, that, that sometimes we wonder, well, what is the answer for this? What is the answer for that? It's all in the Word. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of truth. And He has come to lead us and to guide us into what? All truth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The gospel, the gospel and the sacrifice, again, are pretty well worn. What is the gospel? Isn't it good news? What is the good news? Jesus died for us and was raised from the dead. Is it not? Isn't that the power of God? Right? And again, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God on the salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It has the ability to bring forth change and produce salvation, deliverance, holy, wholeness, healing, whatever the case might be. The gospel is the power of God. But then again, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 says what? It says that the preaching of the cross is the power of God. The preaching of the cross. So what am I saying? So all these things are somewhat interchangeable. Okay, so what are we seeing? We're talking about, and there's victory to the sacrifice. Well, if it's so interchangeable, then you can understand why the victory is going to be connected to the gospel. Victory will be connected to righteousness. Victory will be connected to the cross. Amen? Hallelujah. Because all of these things, and in the final analysis, here is why it is so connected. You see, the very foundation of Christianity is what? What is the foundation of Christianity? Is it the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Thank God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The foundation is the fact that Jesus died and was raised up from the dead. The foundation is the, is, is the sacrifice. And the Bible says if the foundation is, 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 um, is, is, is destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Now you see, everything has to be built properly on the foundation or else it can't stand. Think about it. Amen? The Bible says again in First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1, that in the last days some shall what? Depart, they shall depart from the confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. Jesus says, when I return, will I find? Will I find confidence in the sacrifice of Christ? Are you with me? All right. So, now this issue of the sacrifice of Christ is critical. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 10, Always bearing about in the body the Lord Jesus Christ. Always, sorry, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Christ might be made manifest. Say the life of Christ. And at the end of the day, that's what it's going to be all about. It's going to be manifesting the life of Christ, manifesting the nature of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's where all your victory is. 
It is the manifestation and in the functioning in that new nature that is on the inside of you, which is Christ. And Christ himself is the very essence of the new man. The Bible says you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, when he is unveiled, when he shall appear, when he is unveiled, when that Christ in you is unveiled, when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Christ himself is the essence of your life. So now, if Christ is the essence of that life on the inside of your born-again spirit, because, after all, again, Colossians 3, verse 10, says, and 11, says that this new man is created how? After the image of him that created him. Amen? Second Corinthians 5, verse 17 and 18, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, all things have passed away, behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God. Everything in your born again spirit is of God. The joy in your spirit is the joy of the Lord. The peace in your spirit is the peace of God. The righteousness in your spirit is the righteousness of God. The holiness in your spirit is the holiness of God. The Bible says in um, Ephesians 4.24 that this new man is created in what? Righteousness and true holiness. Hallelujah. All these forces and dynamics within your born again spirit, every bit of it is of God. And that is why everything on the inside of you overcomes the enemy. Because whatever is born of God overcomes the enemy. Amen? And against such there is no law. Hallelujah. So then, but now you see, what if you can get that life on the inside of you to come out? What if you can have the power of God? The Bible says in, in um, Ephesians 1 verse 19... Paul was praying that the eyes of our understanding would be open so that you would know what is the hope to which he, which he has called you. That you would know what is the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And that inheritance include the exceeding greatness of his power which was demonstrated when he raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. That power is in us. It's part of the inheritance. The presence of God is in you. It's part of the inheritance. The glory of God. Jesus says, the Father, the glory that you've given me, I've given them. That they might be one. One even as you and I are one. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. What am I saying? Everything in your born again spirit is of Christ. And, it's, and I mean, if you can get what's in your spirit to come to the outside, would you have any need? Would the enemy be made, would the enemy be underneath your feet? Would you be walking in total victory? So then, if you have all of this wonderful, great salvation, great power, anointing, he that anointed you is, is, is God. If you have all of this on the, on, the, on the inside, wouldn't it be wonderful if you can draw out that great salvation with fear and trembling? Are you with me? Because that, at the end of the day, that's, what it's, that's where your victory is going to be connected to. So, now, how do we draw this out? Now, here we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 10, and that's a significant scripture. It says, always. When is always? Always is always. Amen? Always bearing about in your body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Meaning what? Always. Say always again. 
living in that identification of the sacrifice of Christ. Living in that identification of the sacrifice of Christ. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? That the life of Christ might also be made manifest. Now the word manifest is a nice word. But you know what I like? I like to replace it with experienced. In other words, it is saying that if you would bear about and live in the reality of the sacrifice of Christ, then the very life of Christ will be made manifest and will become your experience. Can we believe that? Amen. So, and that is where, that's where the victory is. Okay. Now, um, so and, 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 and again, I'm just putting on some foundational scriptures here. It says in Galatians 2 and verse 20, that you have been crucified with Christ. Not only were you crucified, you were crucified with Christ, but it's no longer you that live. But it is Christ, and it's his life that you are to manifest. It is Christ that lives in you. And the life that you now live, you live by the faith of the Son of God. So here is this dynamic. You crucified with Christ. It's no longer you. It's now the life of Christ that is living in you. And you live it by the faith of the Son of God. Not you. You came to an end. Now it's the life of Christ. Now the next verse says in Galatians 21, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness, if this oneness, if righteousness came by the law, then Christ died in vain. It says, if you being crucified and it no longer being you, but it being Christ in you, if that came by virtue of the law and, and, and legalism and your performance, then there was no reason why Jesus, there would be no reason for the sacrifice of Christ. Then Christ died in vain. What is it saying? It is saying a couple of things. Number one, it is saying who you are right now. It's no longer you, but it's Christ living in you. But it is also saying that, that part of the essence of righteousness is the fact that it's no longer you, but it's Christ that living in you. Why? Because the dynamic of righteousness, there are four comprehensions of righteousness that you must get a hold of. Number one, the issue of oneness with him, which is the most fundamental, and out of that, the other comprehensions come. That you are one with him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Jesus, one of the things Jesus walked in heavily is he constantly said, I and the Father are one. And he, and he will not allow himself in his thinking to be separated from the Father. You and I have got to awake to righteousness. 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Awake to that oneness. Awake to the reality of that righteousness and do not separate ourselves from him and from the life that is in us. Amen? So righteousness comprehension number one is this oneness. But then coming out of that is the fact that because of this oneness, you have his authority. You have his name. Amen? Does your head and body have the same name? Right? <laughs> right? You and him, you have the same name because of that oneness. So there is the issue of authority. It's the issue of authority. And that's very important. And then also too, coming out of that oneness, is the fact that now you are an heir of God, you are a joint heir with Christ, there is this oneness that you have, and you've got rights and privileges as a son of God. Amen? 
So the issue of righteousness includes rights. But in this oneness, given that as he is, so are you, you are as he is, and you are wrapped up in his holiness, washed by his blood, 